dropping the hammer! No, you're not! Hey there, I'm Dan McFadden, and the 2021 NASCAR season is finally underway. That's right, one weekend of the 2021 NASCAR season is in the books. The Daytona 500 race weekend has come and gone, but one driver who wasn't in the Daytona 500 field was Ty Dillon. The former Richard Childress Racing and Jermaine Racing driver was on the sidelines after he failed to make the field in his Thursday night qualifying duel. He came within feet of making the race, but Ryan Priest beat him out because of qualifying speed. Austin Cindric made the race, even though he finished one lap down, which is just really kind of ludicrous, don't you think? Um, I honestly believe that if you're a finished sixth in your qualifying race, but someone who makes the race finished off the lead lap when you were on the lead lap, the person who finished off the lead lap shouldn't make the race. Ty Dillon should have made that race. But anyway, Ty Dillon, uh, I got to talk to him just a, cu- just a couple days ago for the first time. This was the first time I've ever had a one-on-one interview with Ty Dillon, um, even though I've been covering the sport since 2014. And Ty Dillon won the first race I ever covered, which was the July 2014 Xfinity Series race at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, and he hasn't won since. This was a really interesting time uh, to finally meet up with, with Ty, given everything that's going on with him, with during racing, shutting down last year. He's now a Toyota racing driver. Uh, he made his Toyota debut uh, driving the 2311 car for Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin in the Bush Clash. Yeah, it, it's not Bubba Wallace who's the first driver to get into the number, tw- number 23 Toyota. It's Ty Dillon. After his debut with 2311 racing and then failing to make the 500 driving for Gaunt Brothers Racing, he then made his debut with Joe Gibbs Racing Saturday, driving the 50, 54 Toyota. He ran up front most of the night before uh, he got into a wreck that ended his night pre- prematurely. But because of stage points, he go he's uh, still second in the standings in the Xfinity Series. But uh, he's not in the 54 this weekend. Ty Gibbs is. Uh, but he will be in the number 96 for Gaunt Brothers Racing on Sunday on the Daytona Road Course. So... Without further ado, let's get to the interview, which uh, includes topics you don't typically get to talk about with, with NASCAR drivers, especially white ones. One topic we discuss is his personal research into Martin Luther King Jr., which uh, uh, we I learned about uh, last year, and I've been wanting to talk about with him since about June. Um, so we, we do that, and we, we talk about Martin Luther King Jr. and the people he researches uh, for about five minutes or so. Um, so it, that was really, really, really interesting uh, conversation, and um, I hope you guys get something out of it. So um, without further ado, here's my interview, my Dropping the Hammer interview with Ty Dillon. So so what 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 is up with Ty Dillon on a, on a Wednesday afternoon after... The, the Daytona 500 weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, the Daytona speed week, uh, was so much, um, for me personally, as far as yeah, just a lot on my plate, you know, starting out with 2311. And that was a huge deal. A lot of, um, excitement, energy, nervousness. Um, and, uh, that was a big race in itself for me. Um, I felt like that race went really well. 
um, we were going to end up eighth or ninth, you know, pretty much top 10. Those are the guys that are the top, you know, 20 racers week in and week out. Um, that would be in the top 20 almost every race. So to get a top 10 in that race would have been like getting a top 10 in a normal race to me. Um, and I felt like we executed really well. We were going to finish eighth or ninth, um, depending on how it shook out on that last corner with Blaney and, and Chase getting together. Yeah. Uh, but we had those two loose lugs and didn't get the result. Um, but what it would have finished well. So that was kind of a little bit of a roller coaster there, there at the end, but still a really good opportunity, really cool. And then, uh, mm-hmm. then we had the, the duels, which was, uh, exciting and unfortunate another emotional roller coaster you know by a fender or so or half a car at the line to miss being in in the daytona 500 that was heartbreaking that was a really really hard night emotionally and um then you got to saddle back up and and be mentally prepared to go in another car for a third different team um and try to go win an xfinity race which felt like you know had a good night had a good race uh, was able to do some great things and just got kind of put in a position there on the, on that lap where I was getting pushed so hard by the car behind me that I was put in a vulnerable spot and, uh, just kind of got the air taken off of me. And unfortunately, not only did I cause a big crash, but took out my teammate in the process. So, uh, up and down week, I felt, I have felt a lot of peace about, you know, doing really good things inside the race car, mm-hmm. um, proving a lot of great things but the results just weren't there. Um, so sometimes, you know, the results are the variance and, and the work put in is where you kind of, you have to find your, your peace and, um, you know, and where you want to work, you know, going forward. And I feel like it was a good, good weekend as far as, um, executing the process of everything that I work on as a driver. I feel like I did a lot of things, right. Um, I would grade myself very well on that. Um, just the results weren't there. So, uh, hopefully, you know, you keep putting in that hard work and you'll have weekends that are the polar opposite of where uh, this weekend went. Yeah, I, I don't think – did TV interview you after the duel? Because I don't remember seeing an interview with you. Yeah, they did. Um, I'm not sure if they aired it or not, but they did interview me. Okay, because I, 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 I never got to hear your, your thoughts about what happened. And I remember seeing yeah. the picture of you on the door of your car, like, you know, yeah. Your, your arms afterward and i was like what i've never i've never felt that gutted uh yeah. for, for someone like you and then the next on saturday night i didn't get to watch the race i was listening to it on the radio when they said you got caught up with it caught up and it was like i can't imagine what ty dylan's been going through for the last 72 hours yeah um, so how, how has there ever been like a three-day four-day period for you like that in your career um, honestly, it's been more of a five, six month period that we've yeah. kind of been in a little bit of these negative, uh, outcome yeah. situations ever since, you know, our, our team at Jermaine racing was shutting down. We lost Geico and, um, uh, was really kind of, you know, thrown back on our heels or on our butt, so to speak with small amount of time trying to round up funding and sponsorship, uh, which it takes a lot from the driver to bring nowadays, unfortunately, to even get a ride. So um, it has been a lot of loss L's in the column of getting momentum going on, on things. Uh, but also some great opportunities have come out of the last couple of yeah. months and the opportunity to, to drive for Toyota, first of all, and with the 2311 guys, that was huge. And 
I'll go down as the first driver of that car, which is kind of cool. And something I'll always be able to say, whether it's in a trivia pack or what, um, <laughs> but that was a great experience for me. And then, uh, you know, you know, having a, an opportunity to, to race, uh, in the Daytona 500 and, and attempt to qualify in that race. And, um, so the, there was, there's been great momentum rolling. It's just been really hard getting there. There's a lot of conversations over the off season about trying to go full time and feeling like I was really close to landing a couple different rides and uh was beat out by more funding and more money money unfortunately um and in a couple of those opportunities which was disappointing and motivating um i've you know it's it's created a different passion and energy a, a refueling so to speak in me um also with a you know abundance of gratitude of what i've gotten to do over the past couple of years of being full-time and i think that was something that helped me over speed weeks was that I was just thankful to be there after, you know, really in the first time in my career, realizing how hard it is to, to be at the top level and to stay up there, um, putting in so much work this off season, just to get to Daytona. Um, I was just grateful for the opportunities I've gotten and that I have still going forward that I'm hoping to continue to grow and, and turning to more things this year. Do you, do you think going through what you're going through, is this something maybe, maybe you needed like just going forward from this point? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer and my faith plays a, a huge role in my life. And I feel that, you know, I think God doesn't make mistakes in the ways that he works. And certainly I've needed it, whether I wanted it or not, whether I wanted to have to go through what we've gone through emotionally. And uh, it's been trying, so to speak, as far as, you know, the job side of my life. Um, I haven't, I wouldn't have chose this path, but I know that God's got great plans for me. And and the way that things are revealing themselves, not, you know, not just on the track, but like in me of my appreciation that I talked about is it is very natural because of what I've gone through. And um, I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for great perspective. Uh, when things get kind of taken away or pulled back from you, you really, you get grounded quickly. And um, it's, um, I feel very blessed to have that viewpoint going forward in my career. And hopefully as my career gets somewhat resurrected and get some more opportunities i know i'll be able to carry that gratitude uh going forward do, do you, are you are you kind of like in a mindset of like there's nowhere to go but up at this point yeah you know i i feel more confident in myself than the year i came into the sport as far as being able to uh get the job done and and win races and win championships um i feel personally like any team that doesn't take a chance on me is missing out right now. So, um, and I know that things don't just work out by saying that you're good. It's a lot of proving and, and also in our sport having backing. Um, but I do believe in myself and I do believe in myself on and off the track way I represent, uh, my, myself and, and companies. Um, I feel like I'm getting to a spot in my year in my career where I, I feel like I'm not, you know, at the peak prime yet, especially when you look at other drivers who are hitting their best years of their career at 40. Um, I'm still 28, but, um, you know, I've, you know, I've gotten good perspective quickly at 28 to where I work really hard. I work out really hard. I, I focus on my nutrition and health and all the little things that when you're young, and sometimes it takes a lot of years to figure out. Um, I'm putting a lot of time and effort into that and focusing on, um, what it takes to be the best. And, um, now I'm just waiting for opportunity to line up to, to really prove that with, with great equipment. 
So when did, how did the opportunity with Toyota first come about with Gaunt Brothers? And like, who, who called who? What, what was the initial step for it? Yeah, so the first thing that came about was the 2311 um, opportunity in, in the shootout. Um, okay. They needed a driver. They were interested in the opportunity. I was available. Um, and, you know, I think uh, I'm thankful for Denny and, and that team for wanting me to do that. There was other drivers they could have chose that were, that were you know, uh, available, so to speak. But they, they chose to give me the chance. And um, that was huge. And, and the main thing that happened in that process is uh, which other manufacturers haven't had as easy of a time or, or been as good with as Toyota approved of me. And that was massive to me. That, that meant a lot to me. So um, I've, I've really wanted um, teams and, and manufacturers to see me as who I am as a person and a driver individually uh, for opportunities. And, um, you know, I think I'm so thankful that Toyota said, Hey, yeah, we're, we're cool with him. And as soon as that happened, that opened doors for the Gaunt brothers who were looking for someone to, you know, initially go to the Daytona 500. And then as that relationship grown, we've, we've now turned that into the road course and hopefully more in the future. Um, but the catalyst to all the things that have happened now was uh, Toyota, you know, essentially taking a chance on me, um, which I'm so grateful for and so thankful for. And, um, that has opened up a lot of doors and, and I'm, uh, you know, like I said, I'm just, uh, very grateful for, for them believing in, in me and giving me the opportunity, um, and saying, yes, that was one of the biggest yeses that has happened over the, um, past six months for, for me and, and in hopes of rekindling a, a full-time career. So, so when was that conversation with 2311? Because that, that was actually like the last thing out of all of those that have been announced. It was like, I think yeah. the day before the uh the the clash so so when was the 2311 conversation yeah it started around christmas as preliminary talks is like hey is there interest here on your side i'm like absolutely um my first thing was i'll do it for whatever i would like to meet michael jordan or play golf with him (laughs) but uh um you know and, and there was a lot obviously a lot of hoops and hurdles that they had to go through and figuring things out of making sure they could get in the clash with me and um, different sponsors and who was interested and um, a lot of things that had to happen. So that was kind of a slow process um, going forward. And there wasn't a whole lot of pressure on it because it wasn't anything to do with full season points and things like that. So um, they had obviously a lot going on with their full team with Bubba and sponsors mm-hmm. and announcements. So that was why I think that kind of came about slower and a little okay. bit more under the radar than, than the other things where um once inside the camp of Toyota and everything else, um, when the Gaunt Brothers racing conversation started, those moved very quickly and were able okay. to get um, uh, produced. And yeah. So, okay. So you're now part of JGR for at least three more races, at least. Yep. Um, what has that been like integrating yourself into this, this team after years with RCR, Jermaine, General Motors, you're now in a completely different area code what's been the adaptation process for becoming part of the 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 big toyota family like that at jgr yeah i think with jgr and and toyota in general my first goal is to make sure that they all know i'm their guy they they've given me an opportunity um when i come in the building i'm all in for 
for my team and, and my team is Joe Gibbs racing and the Xfinity side, Toyota racing development and, uh, uh, Gaunt brothers racing. And, and I'm all in and I'm here as long as they'll keep me. And, uh, and that's my first, uh, my first goal is to earn the respect, um, and, uh, let them know how much I appreciate them giving me the opportunity. Uh, and then it's, then it's time to go to work and, and show them my work ethic and what I can bring to the table as a, as a, uh, as a driver, as a teammate, um, as a, you know, essentially drivers now are, are business partners, uh, with, with the amount of money that, you know, are, are relied on a lot of the drivers to bring to the table. So, um, you know, you, you got to provide value in many ways now. And, and, uh, that, that's been my, my goal and my focus and, uh, to make sure that they know they didn't make a mistake by bringing me on board. So with the, the initial four races, I'm sure there's the possibility that you can get more races in that 54. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully, you know, I, I, um, that's, that's the goal, um, on my end is to try to get as many of them that are available still, not, not many left. Um, but, um, you know, hopefully, you know, whether it's results or whatever, um, obviously whatever, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out to companies all the time and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think results and things like that will continue to help, but, um, hopefully this shows people value in, in me and the relationship with Joe Gibbs and, um, and Toyota and, and more opportunities will come of it. And, and that is certainly my hopes is, is to build something for here for, for long time, long term. What's, what surprised you about Toyota that maybe you, you weren't expecting? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I was always outside looking in, um, they have been the standard, so to speak, in, in my eyes, as far as, um, competition, just results. They, they've, you know, Joe Gibbs racing, but, and along with, uh, whether it was furniture row or, um, when, uh, LFR went over there, um, these different teams that have gone over there instantly have gone from, you know, where they were mid pack 20 place cars, to top 10 cars competing for race wins and championships. Um, and then Gibbs has always kind of been there. Um, so you see that and you know, something good's happening there. And then, um, as soon as I was given the approval of, you know, to race for Gibbs, whether it was just the, the 2311 or, or Gaunt brothers, the way that they have brought me in, um, the relationships that have already started forming, um, and just the, the feeling of, you know, they want me, you know, they, they, they make me feel like they care that I'm there. Um, and that is massive. The relationship side of who Toyota is, uh, Toyota racing development, they care. They're super passionate about winning. Um, and then they're also, they're, they're great communicators in, in the fact of, um, working together with their drivers to get the best mm-hmm. result and, and their teams. And, I just think that is, uh, that is always what takes teams to the next level is that communication, that person to person relationship. Um, and that, that formed very quickly. I think that was a shock to me. Um, it's not, not just this systematic machine where you just plug and go in. Like there is a relationship to being a Toyota driver, um, whether it's for, you know, 10 races or a full-time driver that's been there for 10 years, they want you to feel like you are a part of their family and that is massive to me. And, and I feel like that breeds more and more success, not just on the fact that they build amazing race cars, they work great with their teams and their development programs are amazing. Um, 
that relationship side is that special ingredient that I think is um, really what takes them to the next level. So, so, so as someone who's spent pretty much their entire racing career up until this point with some, with some sort of tie to your family, um, yep. was, was there any hesitation in leaving that? Or are you, are you someone that actually likes having some distance from that? Yeah. You know, you know, there's, there's in between, you know, I, I think some separation is good. I think it's relationship to relationship. Um, my grandfather and I have a very respectable relationship in that point and has grown over the years as far as, um, you know, racing for Jermaine wasn't racing for RCR racing. That was a, a different team, different owner. And, um, yeah, they had so, the technical alliances, yeah. you know, it's not a full separation, but it was a yeah. lot different. I think over the years, our relationship has shifted from owner to just more grandson and grandfather. And, and to me that that's important. That's the most important thing, whether he was a car owner or not, okay. I just want a relationship with him as my grandfather. Um, so I think that's where, you know, it has grown over time and, and has manifested and he respects me as, as a, a father of two and a husband um, that is, you know, has to, you know, work hard to, to provide for his family and, and keep a job. And he wants to see me be successful no matter where that might be. Um, and uh, he has been fully supportive this year and, and excited. And, um, you know, he's, he was one of the first people that came up to me after the Xfinity race. And um, even though it didn't go great, he was, he was happy to see me running well. And um, yeah, that's, that's all I can ask for. And, um, you know, I think, um, it's a, it's a very respectful relationship. He knows that I'm, I'm going to race for another team and, and manufacture and, and everything. And he just wants to see me be successful, I think as his grandson. And that's all that, re that really matters to him in, in the end. Okay. I want, I want to follow back on one thing earlier. You said, um, you're more confident in your ability than you were when you came into the sport. And that, that kind of floored me because I, I uh, for 20, 2017, your rookie year, uh, preseason media tour, uh, you had your media availability. And I asked you a question. Question. Uh, Dan Lee Fadden with NBC Sports. Ty, you, you only have one win in the Xfinity, Xfinity Series. Will you be doing any Xfinity Series racing uh, this year? And wh what makes you know that you're ready for this occasion and this level of racing? Because in my heart, I feel like I'm the best driver. And um, if I didn't have that kind of confidence, I wouldn't be driving race cars. So um, I knew I was ready for this opportunity, and I, I've proved in different situations. Obviously, the wins weren't what we wanted in the Xfinity Series the past couple of years, but we were also growing as a team and changing as a team at RCR. Had a lot of different things going on. Um, we will win Xfinity races this year. I can guarantee you that. We've got a lot of great things going on, a lot of positive momentum with that side of the program. And that's that's stuck with me for the last four years, just because the the level of confidence in that mm -hmm. answer, um, g given like the, what the stats said at the time. Yeah. Um, how how do you um, have a healthy confidence in yourself without having a confidence that blind maybe maybe blinds you to the yeah. reality of your situation? Yeah, you know, I think I came in sport in. What was it 2016 2017 um that same statement i believe is true i i would repeat that same statement but 
you know, five years into a cup career, um, 28 years old, two kids, yeah. uh, a little bit more mature. I didn't really know what it required to prove that, okay. um, to show that. I've always known that I have a level of raw talent inside of me that I believe can manifest as something. And maybe at that age of immaturity, all I could say was the bluntness of it, of what I thought. And, and I just feel like now, um, as my career has gone on and the people that I've raced against and the things that I've learned, I still believe that same statement is true that I'm one of the best drivers out there that can go win races and win championships without a doubt. 100% believe in that. Um, but now I have not only just by saying that because of my raw talent, I have over the past two years, two and a half years have taken the, you know, other things about that uh, more serious. So not just relying on my raw talent to say I'm the best driver out here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it happen, but I have put immense amount of time and money and effort into my body, what I eat and how I exercise um, the way that I prepare for races is the way that I have learned how to communicate in relationships with not only crew chiefs, but members of the team. Um, I feel like I have gone from a childish state of relying on raw talent, which I think you see a lot of rookies, uh, start that way. And there's a, there's a three or four year period of time where it gets really hard around year end of first year and year two, um, because it is the highest level and you have to start figuring things out and you have to really grow up another level. Um, and if you, if you take that challenge on and start taking care of your body, start taking care of your mind and doing the things that are really necessary, um, and leaning into every little detail of what it takes to be great. Um, that's the part that I feel like I'm starting to excel in on top of it now. And I think the biggest bummer of what has happened this off season is, I feel like I was starting to hit my stride and in getting into those places, getting into that, that mindset of preparation from the time that the race is over on Sunday to how I prepared my body to go back to the race the next weekend um, and how I prepared my mind and, and the things that I was doing. Obviously there's always still room to grow. I don't have this thing figured out yet, but I feel like I was getting to that point to where, um, you know, we just needed to have you know, a little bit more speed in the car week in and week out. And, and as I was progressing, our team was kind of moving towards the direction of, of closing the doors, obviously. Um, so um, it's a weird transition. It's the statement's still the same, but the way that I surrounded that statement with where I am now is, is a lot different. I got, I got two questions, more questions for you. Um, yep. So, so last year, um, a lot of attention, you got a lot of attention because of the, the Instagram conversation you had with Baba. Um, and I think it was in that conversation that you said, even before all the social justice stuff started last year, even before that you had done your, like your own studying of Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Um, and that really surprised me because that's not something I would expect to hear from, from any, any driver really yeah. in, in, in the NASCAR garage saying, yeah, I'm going of my own free volition to research Martin Luther King Jr. And I've wanted to ask you since then, what was it that made you want to research Martin Luther King Jr. and what's that research included? I think um, a lot of that came from um, as I have grown and mature, kind of the same things that I've talked about that I've gotten to inside the race car. 
but outside the track, I've wanted to be a better person. I wanted to understand things better. And, and if you don't learn, you can't, you can't empathize. You got to empathize to be able to learn what other people are going through and to, to understand situations from not only your perspective in life. Um, so, you know, that was one of the things that I, I was really getting into, um, whether it was the beginning of the quarantine and even that previous off season was just studying great people, who, um, no matter race or creed, whatever, whatever it was, gender, anything. I just wanted to study great people. Um, and what was the reoccurring thing from whether it was mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, um, just great influential people. Um, and what, what their, you know, all the speeches and all the quotes and all the things that they say, what was the reoccurring theme in those people and how they approached life and, that was what I wanted to learn. And, and through that, you learn so many details about great people and how to handle situations in your life. And it, it was unique how last year played out with, with all the social injustice and the different things that had, had transpired. Um, I was thankful that I had kind of gone through my own personal study. I'm not a scholar yeah. of any type. Yeah. Um, I can't quote things right off the top of the books that I've read, um, but they impacted me personally. So when, when things came up in life, I had learned, um, doing my own research of trying to be a better person it's where I felt freer to speak about it where okay. I felt more truth I couldn't um you know it wasn't that I you know had to make something up that just sounded good but didn't really know what I was talking about no I, I had put in uh, the time to learn and, and to understand these things because I didn't know and uh I'm still trying to grow in that and um life isn't just about for me the the racing side and going out and performing I, I want to be a well-rounded human being. And, and most importantly, I want to be a good husband and a good father and a great example to my family. Um, and those are things that I think, and, and what the reoccurring theme was, and to, I guess the circle back between all those great people was, was loving people and the proper way to love people. Um, and that was literally the, the talk with Bubba and the things that I posted um, was all because of the way that I have grown and, and trying to empathize and just love people um, and realizing that I don't know everyone's situation. Um, not everyone knows my situation, but everyone deserves love and deserves to be treated fairly um, and deserves a, an opportunity to speak and speak out. Um, and uh, so just trying to learn that from all angles, because I have a one, you know, one, the way I was raised in my experiences yeah. is one way to see things, but then there's this whole everyone has a million different perspectives in the way that they're raised and experienced. And you can't just say, well, this is how it happened for me. And this is the way I see things. And this is the way it's got to be. I think that's the most ignorant thing anybody can do in, in life is, is to try to see it like that. So um, I've tried to just broaden my horizons, get out of my norm of life and see things from other people's lives. And uh, my wife is definitely probably the one to thank for, for a lot of that. And she's always had great perspective and she's so empathetic towards just people in general and um, has helped me grow immensely in that. What are some things like books you've read about uh, Martin Luther King Jr.? Um, I think I, I read, I don't even know the name of it. It's really thin. It's kind of a thin book. It's um, just kind of the, like a, uh, I guess a, autobiography because it's not written by him an autobiography by him and i just did a lot of quote research i watched a lot of youtube old videos of his speeches and things and just kind of did my own gathering of research it was a bunch of different things 
Um, I think some of the most impactful stuff was some of his just speeches, just listening to the tone and the way that he, you know, visually seeing that because it was so much before my time, um, but putting myself kind of in that moment and then matching it with the moment that we were in and just seeing how what he was saying then is still the same truth now with the things that's going on and the way that we should react and the way that we should treat each other. Um, it was just one of those great tie together moments of history and current present time in, in my life. Um, and, you know, it all matches up with, with my faith in God. And um, I think that was, you know, that was the main glue of the whole ingredients. I, I have a recommendation for you. Um, yep. I don't know if you have an HBO max subscri- subscription. Um, yeah, I've got to, I've got to cancel one of one before I plug in the other kind of thing. <laughs> I got so many, we we're like, yeah. we're going to have to cut some to get some of these new streaming services. Yeah. But uh, on his birthday, actually on HBO max, they have a documentary that came out three years ago. Um, it's called uh, King in the wilderness. Okay. Um, and it's about basically like the last two to three years of his life. Um, and how basically when he died, he was like the most hated, one of the most hated people in America. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's re- really good. And I, I think you should give that a watch. And I'd love to hear what, what you thought of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't believe what his family had to go through. And I mean, his, his love to try to make ch- his love for his passion to try to change the world wasn't held back by anything and you know he he even had you know he had times where he had to you know be away from his family at a time of scary risk to try to change the world and that was just a i mean a massive human being of life of change and um if, if we could all just take a inkling of that and sprinkle yeah. it in our life it's crazy it would be way different yeah so king in the wilderness remember that king in the wilderness hbo max Okay. Last question. Um, yep. You're now teammates with Daniel Hemrick. Um, and he's kind of someone who's like been in a similar situation with you. He, he's gotten to the top and mm-hmm. it didn't work out. And now you guys are both there. And I'm wondering what, what's your previous relationship with him and how will maybe you guys lean on each other this year? Yeah, it's so unique because uh, Daniel, uh, I've known Daniel since I was 13 years old. He was parked beside us at the summer shootout legend cars when we were kids and him and my brother became really uh, quick friends at the racetrack and so he was in our family hung out with us all the time yeah for years and years so you know we were always in touch and we were dirt racing he was doing more late model stuff and as he was coming back in and he was getting opportunities in the truck series we were adamant about getting him to rcr and and uh once he got there he was successful in the xfinity series and got his chance in the eight car um, unfortunately things didn't work out and, you know, so, but I've always been friends with Daniel and, and known him for so long. He's so talented. Um, and you know, he's got his own career path and things and he's just a hard worker and a grinder and it's going to work out for him. Um, and, uh, so I think there's such a mutual respect there of, you know, we're, we're working hard to, to make it, you know, to figure it out. And, you know, mine's a little bit different than his. I was there for four years and he was there for a year and, his has been a little bit more erratic. I, I've been able to have more time in the cup series, um, but we're both trying to do the same thing. Like you said, I believe we'll both be back up there again. All right. Well, th- th- thanks, Ty. I appreciate you t- taking the time out of your week. Um, I hope uh, you have a much better trip to Daytona yeah. <laughs> this time around. Yeah, me too. You, you don't know this, um, but my, the first 
NASCAR race I ever got to cover was your Indianapolis win in 2014. Oh, really? Yeah, that was no the first race I ever got to cover. Um, do, you, do you remember how it started pouring down rain during your yep. winner's press conference? And you yep. guys had the bolt? Yep. Well, anyway, you left behind your beer can, your, your <laughs> Yingling beer can. I saved it. I, I still oh, have your Yingling awesome. beer can that you, that you have. That is cool. It's it's up in my uh my dad's shop in a, in a box. So that's cool. So um, if we ever get back, if you get to go back to the racetrack or something, bring it with you. If you know I'm gonna be there, and I'll sign it for you or something, and put first win or something on it if you want me to. That'd okay. Be cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But again, thank you, thank you, Ty. Um, yep. Thank have you. Have a great weekend. Good luck. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel for more content like this. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find Daniel on Twitter at, at Daniel McFadden and look out for more articles from him on frontstretch.com.